Welcome to Leather Bread, the podcast for fantasy football. Now, introducing your host, Hunter Slapdog Amaruso and Matthew Scotty Hopemeyer. Hello, and welcome to Leather Brains. I am Slapdog, and you are listening to probably, I think this is going to be my favorite episode we have ever recorded of Leather Brains. It's episode 69, baby. I am joined by the turkey caller, our producer extraordinaire, Scotty Del Rey, and it's Thursday. So, of course, we have Yeti with us as well. Yeti, did you have any comments about any of the games this last week? Any concerns, thoughts, frustrations? Air it out, baby. Oh, man. I just want to say I'm sorry for all the parlays that we have been putting in. How the uh, fuck? I thought last week. How the fuck did those not hit? <laughs> we picked all the favorites to win, and they lost. We we picked it solely because we were tired of losing. So we're like, you know what? We're going to take, we're going to cut bait here. We're going to make some really crappy, like, not very financially beneficial bets just to say we won and we still fucking lost yeti's yeti's parlay literally he suggested betting ten dollars and if you won you would have won twelve dollars and we still lost (laughs) yeah it was pretty sad um uh what'd you guys think about the chiefs bills game though did it live up to the hype or or what I think so. I mean, it did for me. I don't know. I, I think Scotty would have preferred a different outcome, but I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good game. Um, I, I was hoping for more of a shootout for fantasy football purposes, but overall it was a good game. Yeah, I mean, we didn't get the, the complete shootout that we wanted, but there was still a lot of offensive firepower. I thought it was a pretty good, pretty clean game by both teams. It was enjoyable to watch. I also like how the Chiefs defensive coordinator is apparently teaching them jujitsu, uh, so that way they can just throw kicks whenever they want, and I think that's pretty cool. I'm all in for some kicks. Uh, Welcome aboard. If this is your first time here, welcome to Leather Brains. As I mentioned earlier, this is a full crew today. Uh, We're going to be going over quite a few different things here. So we always kick off with our news. Then we're going to go over our starts and sits of the week. We got a little bit of degeneracy. That was a tough word for me to say there. Um, And then we have our questions. So let's go ahead and get into the news. Let's get down. Let's get down to business. Kicking off our news, we have word that uh, Saints wide receivers Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry will remain sidelined on Tuesday, so they will not be available um, for week seven, I'm guessing is what you're you're saying there. So neither guy is expected to play versus the Cardinals on Thursday night. Olave, however, was cleared from concussion protocol. Uh, This this offense is looking a little rough. It's in in rough hands a little bit. Um, Their wide receiver room is not healthy and it is worth mentioning as well if you are a james connor owner he is a game time decision so if eno benjamin is sitting on your your waivers highly recommend that you go grab him because he is definitely a play this week um you know was cleared today there was some lingering issue at the end of the game last week but he is cleared to go so you know will lead the backfield if james connor is unavailable and just a quick note on the saints wide receivers um with their top two wide receivers out. I think you plug and play Olave pretty easily this week. And I think we see a big uptick in receptions for Kamara out of the backfield as well, uh, no matter who the quarterback is. So I think you can play both of those guys, obviously, pretty comfortably this week. Mm. 
And uh, more injury news, pretty much all of it's injury news, actually. Um, here, Packers hold, on, wide receiver. hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me just, I, I totally forgot that we had this here. We'll yeah, just I do don't this. like this sounder. We'll just do this. I know, I don't either, but I forgot we had it. So I figured we should use it. This is just all a bunch of injury news. Yeah, like half of the Brainiacs listening in their cars just pulled over. They slammed on their brakes, <laughs> smashed into a tree. Sorry about that. Yeah, yeah, our bad. Okay. Packers wide receiver Randall Cobb is expected to miss two to four weeks with a sprained ankle per NFL Network's Ian Rappaport. So again, we have a decimated, decimated Packers offense. We knew that we, and I don't want to stop for every single one of these, but I think we kind of expected this going into the season. You know, they signed Sammy Watkins who, oh, look at that. He's injured just like he has proven on most of the teams he has played for. He is, and he got injured rather quick. Randall Cobb is old. He's 32 years old. He is not a young man by any stretch of the means. So, yeah, they're, they're a wide receiver room. But they also have, I mean, they've got Romeo Dobbs. Um, Garrett Wilson is coming off. Of, or is it Garrett Wilson? Uh, Wat- yes. No. Christian Watson. Thank you, Yeti. Jesus. Um, he's been injured, and I, we're still kind of, he's up in the air as far as what's going on with him this week. But, yeah, it's it's a rough outing for them. Um but we'll, we'll talk more about some of these wide receivers in our starting sets. Yeah. Um, we also have word here. Uh, Cowboys head coach Mike McCarthy says the doctors have officially cleared quarterback Dak Prescott to play, according to NFL Network's Jane Slater. The team's plans for Prescott to throw 40 to 50 passes at the Thursday practice, and the quarterback appears to be on track to return Sunday versus the Lions. This is kind of an interesting, I know we're not going to stop for all of them, maybe this one and the next one, but this is kind of an interesting uh, interesting situation here. Do you guys see the Cowboys becoming more high-powered now with Dak back, or do you think Cooper Rush is the man? Uh, I think we saw Cooper Rush is not the man after uh, Monday night's performance against the Eagles. Yes, it was a, a tough defense that he went up against, but he showed that he can't get the job done. Um, and Dak is clearly the quarterback of the future and in and, and the now for Dallas. So I think with Dak back in the offense, you can uh, play CD lamb. You can play Schultz if he's healthy and then you can start playing Zeke and Pollard comfortably because defenses don't have to stack the box anymore um, with, with Dak at the helm. I mean, do you, are you starting him this week? Like I, if, if he's in it, I've seen this a lot as you know, on our Twitter and everything, everyone's talking about Dak and should I pick up Dak? And this is what I, you know, I dropped so-and-so to pick up Dak this week. Do you play him this week or, or do you let it ride and kind of see what he does? Um, it depends on who you're playing or who your options are at quarterback, but I do like Dak's matchup against the Lions who have a very leaky, uh, secondary. Um, I think this is a great kind of welcome back to, to NFL for that De- deck. So I would play him. Okay. If you had Jared Goff, would you, play, yeah, I mean, obviously they're in the same game. Would you play Goff or Dak? And that, that I'd play outing. Dak. I, okay. I think the Cowboys defense is, is better. Okay. A lot better, obviously. I, I think another good comparison here, uh, Geno Smith, would you play him over Dak or would you play Dak? And the jets play green Bay or no chargers. Wait, uh, Seattle Seahawks. Plays they play this. Yeah. Um, Oh, that's a good question. Geno Smith is a top 10 quarterback, man. He Who is, would have thought in 2022? on the year right now. Yeah, crazy. Um, I would lean Geno on okay. that one. Okay, I was just curious. 
because mm. I think a lot of our listeners probably. But as probably a guy like who owns Jalen Hurts and mainly all my leagues, um, I would plug in Dak as a, a bye week filler. Okay. All right. Next headline: Broncos head coach Nathaniel Hackett. Can we even call him a head coach? He seems like he doesn't know what he's doing. But anyway, he said Wednesday that running back Melvin Gordon will start this week versus the Jets. What are your guys' reaction to the Melvin Gordon situation, him basically not seeing any time over the weekend? Uh, do you guys think they've got good reason to hold him off with the fumbling problem, or do you think this is a, uh, a boneheaded move by the coaching staff? I I, I don't know how Yeti feels. I, I think that the fumbling, it's a problem, and you have to acknowledge that. That is one of the things that y- – if you give the ball to the other team and you put the ball on the ground and give them a chance, that is how you lose games, right? So I understand that. And if if it's a one-off thing, obviously it's not a big deal. But if it's going to continue to happen and continue to be a trend like it is for Melvin Gordon, I understand the fear there. But he also is the best running back that they've got, you know? And, and so that kind of bewilders me a little bit, and I don't fully understand. He didn't he didn't see the ball, or he didn't really see the ball to be honest with you in the last game and and it was somewhat confusing and Latavius Murray saw a lot of the work and so you know I and here's my train of thought with this whole thing because I I spent more fab than I needed to by a long shot in our league of record to get Latavius Murray not because I think he is the best running back in that room but because I think there is a a legitimate chance that he could win that job for being on the waiver wire. You know, there's some other waiver wire running backs that you can speak of that, hey, go grab this guy that's a handcuff. But the only person that I could see at this current juncture who is sitting on the waiver wire that there is an argument to be made that he could end up having the job for the rest of the season is Latavius Murray. Do I think he's the best back? No. But I don't understand why Nathaniel Hackett did not play Melvin Gordon. And if it is solely for the fumbling, I, I just don't I, I don't know. And, and there were some talks today of Melvin Gordon uh, it's Wednesday, by the way, when we're recording. So um, they had a good long talk, and I don't know what that meant, but it sounds like <laughs> maybe they had breakfast together, like, uh, like Seth Cup and Cup I hope so, and hopefully that mended the relationship. I really do hope that that's the case, but I just I, I don't know what it was. And it's can you trust him going forward? You know, like if you were a Melvin Gordon owner, you you playing this week? I don't know because I'm not. Well, I, I do own Melvin Gordon in one of our leagues, and I'm thankfully I have decent running back depth, and I'm benching him just because I think there's that offense has a lot of issues, and I don't think the running back is the most important issue on that team. I think it, their offensive line, and then obviously Russ, uh, just terrible, and it's it's hard now with the committee kind of approach in that backfield. Um, you know, it's Melvin Gordon's job to lose, but how tight of a leash does he have now with Hackett um, and his fumbling issues? Yeah. Um, so I, I'm sitting Gordon until he proves that he is the clear back in that backfield. And I th- I think that's the right call. Would you start Clyde Edwards or Gordon this week if you had to choose? Oh, God, that's nasty. <laughs> I think I just threw up in my mouth. Um, God. I, I guess you got to go Melvin Gordon here. See, I think I'd still do I Unfortunately, I think I'd still do Clyde because, I like you mentioned, I want Gordon to – I want to see it. 
I don't want to risk putting up a goose egg. And while I don't like Clyde, and I'm I'm very very vocal about that, he's still on the field enough for me to at least have that safe safe-ish floor. Yeah, I mean he's a touchdown dependent back to begin with. So they play uh, the 49ers though. I think it's they, important to note that because sure. they are one of the best rushing defenses. Yeah, and we'll I, we're going to talk about that here in a little bit. But I was just curious because the the Gordon thing is another situation that a lot of Brainiacs are probably in that in those shoes. What do you do with him? So I, I wanted to discuss that just a little bit. Well, and just a quick tangent on the 49ers thing. I, I, I thought if you're someone who's relying on Clyde Edwards Flair in your flex and you're just praying to God that he gets in the end zone, I'm not too worried about that matchup because you're not playing Clyde Edwards Flair for his rushing yards. You're playing him for his red zone touches. Um, and if they're going to give him the ball on the two yard line, and we know the Chiefs are perfectly capable of, of putting themselves in positions to score. I don't think that affects Clyde Edwards Hilaire's value that much. Granted, his value is very low with me already, but I don't think that impacts it all that much because, you know, all he's got to do is run three yards and get that touchdown to make it to make it worth it. So but I would play Melvin Gordon over Clyde Edwards Hilaire personally in that uh, situation. Um, okay, so I'm just going to run through the last few here, just some information. So uh, interrupt me if you'd like. Otherwise, I'll just go through all of them. Kenny Pickett. Did practice in full on Wednesday. That's a good sign for him and for their offense. Hopefully, Kenny Pickett will be back on the field in time for Sunday. J.K. Dobbins was absent from practice on Wednesday. Not a good look for him, obviously, uh, nursing that injury. So we'll have to keep an eye on that and see if he is someone that's active over the weekend. Uh, The Chiefs are regarded as a strong contender for OBJ. So just kind of a fun little piece of uh, of. Uh, I can't think of the word I want, but news. it it's not news. <laughs> I mean, it is news, but it's not news because it's not real speculation. Maybe. Yeah. So it's uh, something to keep an eye on there. I think the Chiefs could probably use a uh, a wide receiver. So I would be all on board with that. Plus, he's hilarious. So I, I dig that also. Uh, Darren Waller missed practice on Thursday, despite being expected to play in week seven. So keep an eye on that situation there. Rashad Bateman did return to practice in full on Wednesday, so expect to see him on the field. Jonathan Taylor also returned to practice in full. As well as Naeem Hines, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I want to mention that. Uh, Deion Jackson was kind of a waiver wire ad last week that finishes the RB1. Uh, at this point, I think he's probably droppable. So if you're if you're considering that, he is a running back three on that team, and you could probably drop him. Well, and since you interrupted me, I think this might be a good time for a little bit of conversation. Jonathan Taylor sitting at running back 34 right now, um, obviously very underwhelming considering he was drafted number one overall in most leagues. Um, Seeing how well Dion did, are you more optimistic for Jonathan Taylor going forward? Yeah, (laughs) I am. Uh, But at the same time, yeah, I, I think I am. I, I think I would be. Um, he's got to do better, right? I mean, that's that's the mentality that you take when this happens. Deion Jackson had a very usable game. I mean, he saw 12 touches on the ground. He saw another 10 targets through the air, which is very, very impressive. We we have not seen... We've seen the rushes for sure with John Taylor, but we really haven't seen the, the passing down work as much for John that's something I hope improves because he he can do it and he does it, but Hines kind of fills in that role as well. And because they were both out, we saw Deion Jackson have to to do both. I I, I think you go up from here. I don't think there's a world in which I mean he had a, a bum game against the Titans, and he that's kind of where he, he banged his ankle up, and then he had a bum game against the Chiefs, 
But really, the only good game he's had this year is against Houston. And and I am of the belief that he does do better as the season progresses and this team starts to kind of click a little bit more with Matt Ryan. But they're all on. Yeah, and even though he's missed, what, two games now, he still leads all running backs with uh, 24% opportunity share. So you you shouldn't really worry about Jonathan Taylor because he is still seeing the volume. Even in games where they are trailing, he is rushing the ball. Um, He he is due for some positive regression, and it's important to note that he got off to a slow start last season as well, and he turned it on later in the season. Um, And that's obviously good news for our listeners, but I do think as the season goes on, defenders they get tired of trying to tackle these guys like we've seen with derrick henry over the past three years you know as the season goes on he gets stronger and i think that's going to be the case with with taylor because he is a big physical back and i i just don't think defenders want to see him in the hole obviously as the season goes on so i don't really have any worries about jonathan taylor um if you want to get him um i think he could be a he could be a good um I mean, obviously, he's not going to be disc cheap, count, but not a buy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, I think you could get him at a discounted price. Let me ask you, if you uh, we're going to talk about this a little bit because I added it into the notes. I, uh, I, I tweeted a hot take today, uh, mostly involving Nick Chubb, but I is sort of an ancillary way brought up Jonathan Taylor. If you have Nick Chubb right now, the number two running back on the year, would you trade him for Jonathan Taylor? If I had Nick Chubb, yeah. Yeah, I would trade him for Taylor straight up. Perfect. Okay, so two more pieces of news here. Maybe a little bit of conversation with this one. Sam Darnold is designated to return from the IR. Does this make you any more optimistic about your uh, DJ Moore shares? I think it's got to. Just Well, I say that. I will say, and Yeti, you own DJ Moore, so I'll let you really speak to the heart. I don't own DJ Moore in anything, but I, I think that, it's not necessarily Sam Darnold so much as the fact that Robbie Anderson's not there for me if I was a DJ Moore owner because Robbie Anderson was technically the wide receiver too in this offense. And so I, I think that DJ Moore is even more solidified, which isn't saying much, all things considered. Sam Darnold, I I don't know, maybe he'll come and look like he did the first couple games last year and he looked like a, like he was getting shit done. I don't know. This offense needs a lot of work, and I think Baker Mayfield very clearly isn't the answer. The only hope that I have for DJ Moore is that he gets traded to the Packers or some offense that's fucking capable of producing Chiefs. a wide receiver one. Chiefs. Yeah, even the Chiefs, honestly. That was the yeah, I would be, be good one. I would be very happy with that, but, I mean, Darnold doesn't really move the needle for me. He doesn't move the the combination of Sam Darnold. You know, we, we've seen DJ Moore throughout his career be that wide receiver two rule, though, which is obviously significantly better than what we've seen so far this season uh, with Sam Darnold at the helm. And then the combination of that and Robbie Anderson, that doesn't make you feel any better about the situation. I mean, I don't know that necessarily that you plug him into the starting lineup, but you got to feel a little bit more optimistic, right? Well, I mean, there's no deep threat in that offense now that Robbie Anderson is gone. So I think it's easier to, you know, double team DJ Moore, give DJ Moore more attention um, on that offense because who who else do the Panthers really have? You know, they have McCaffrey in the flats catching passes, but they don't have anybody 
to worry about going deep on them. So, well, not um, only that, Robbie Baker Mayfield can't throw the ball deep. So. Yeah, no matter who the quarterback is, I, I don't feel good about DJ Moore uh, producing as a wide receiver one, and I don't even think he's you know usable from a fantasy fantasy perspective until he gets traded. That's the only reason why I'm keeping him in our league of record mm. at this point. Mm. That and you can't sell him for anything. So might as well. That's true. If you dropped him, I don't know if he'd be worth much. <laughs> um, um, okay, last piece of news here. Russell Wilson is considered day-to-day dealing with his, I think it's a shoulder injury. I don't remember. Um, but uh, just something to keep an eye on if you're one of the people like me who's a moron and uh, drafted Russ Wilson um, and you're kind of relying on him to stop sucking. Um, hamstring. Yeah, hamstring. Okay, so keep that uh, keep that in mind going forward, and that rounds off the news. Okie dokie, artichokey. Let's move on to our starts and sits of the week. Hey, yo, boss, what's going on? Sit down and shut up. Uh, shut up and sit down. Oh, shut up and sit down. Are you going to shut up and sit down? Shut up and sit down. Sit down and shut the fuck up. Sit down and shut up. Sit down and shut up. Sit down and shut up. I'll start this week, Yeti. I'm just going to kick things off here. Um, Take it away. All right. My first start of the week is Alec Pierce. So, and understand this. This is the bipocalypse. This is this is a really rough week for a lot of people because there are a lot of key players for a lot of teams that are on by. So I'm trying to find people who I think are sitting on your bench and you might be kind of questioning. So that was my mentality with both my starts and my sits this week. I'm, I'm thinking of you guys and trying to conceptualize what might be on your bench. So Alec Pierce, he's my first guy up here. Um, really, he's been having himself a quiet but decent fantasy football outing this entire year. Um, and he's really solidified himself as the wide receiver, too, for the Colts offense. Matt Ryan threw the ball 58 times last week. And I think that's probably in large part due to the fact that Hines was out, Taylor was out, and they were kind of they they needed to do something to get the ball down the field. Uh, but but Pierce and the Colts are uh they're going up against the worst defense in the league for passing. The Titans are giving up 287 passing yards per game. And with all the bye weeks this week, I'd feel very comfortable putting him in my starting lineup as a a, a locked in wide receiver too. I I like that pick as a you know as a very sneaky uh, bye week fill in type of guy, um, and I I'm also gonna go with a sneaky guy who's coming off a hot week. Right. Uh, Brandon Ayuk versus the Chiefs. I like that. Um, Ayuk has been quiet so far this season. However, we finally got his breakout week last week versus Atlanta. He had eight catches on eleven targets. 83 yards and two touchdowns, finishing as a top five wide receiver. Now, Jimmy G, he had to throw the ball 41 times uh, because San Fran was playing from behind most of the game. And I like that trend to continue this week versus Kansas City. Um, I can see Kansas City getting up early and the 49ers playing from behind most of that game. Uh, Kansas City allows 41 fantasy points a game to wide receivers which is the fifth most in the league. And I think if you played Ayuk last week, keep him in your lineup. And if you didn't, shame on you. And it's time to jump on board this week for another big week for Ayuk. Let's ride, baby. Uh, Second start I have is Tony Pollard. Uh, And like I said, these are not going to be super beautiful picks because we're in the bye weeks. Um, But I think if there's any 
any week in which you play Pollard, this this probably is the one for me. Uh, they're they're the Cowboys are playing the Lions this week. The Lions are coming off of a bye, and the Lions have the worst rushing defense in the league. They're allowing the the most yards to running backs in the entire NFL. Uh, with this being Dak's first game back, perhaps this is kind of a way to ease him back into the game. Don't force him to make any crazy throws. Check the ball down. Do what you need to do. Be a game script manager. Let's get you, you know, back into the into the swing of things. You really haven't played in the NFL this year. Let's get you comfortably worked back in. I like Pollard this week. He's he's one of those bench guys who's probably sitting there and you're like, shit, I, my running back's on by. So uh, I would start Tony Pollard this week, and I, I think you're okay for it. And for our Zeke listeners, I wanted to plug him in our uh, start of the week as well until I saw this Pollard play. Um, but I, I think you can comfortably play Zeke this week as well. Um, we kind of saw him get going last week or Monday night uh, versus Philly. And I like that trend to continue versus a, a struggling Lions defense. Well, the, the truth is, is that the, the Cowboys actually have a pretty good matchup rest of season for run defenses. Um, so Zeke and Tony Pollard might be decent plays for a while uh, from here on out. For sure. The only reason I chose Tony Pollard is, you know, I was trying to think of where people were drafted at. Mo- more often than not, I feel like people who drafted Zeke they're going to have to start Zeke and Tony Pollard might be that person that fell a couple spots in the draft. And for that reason, he's not a necessity at running back. So that's, that was kind of my mentality with him. Yeah, definitely. But I like Zeke. Definitely, I, I, yeah. Not that I like Zeke all year, but I, I like Zeke as a play this week as well. No, I like both of those plays and I like my next play even better. I think um, a guy that you could get off of waiver wires up until last week or a couple weeks ago, uh, Brian Robinson versus yeah. Green Bay. Uh, wow. Washington wow. did not hesitate feeding Brian Robinson in his first start last week versus Chicago. Uh, he saw a total of 17 carries for 60 yards and a touchdown. Now, Washington did play their other backs in McKissick and Gibson, but Robinson played 47% of the snaps and dominated the short yardage and goal line carries. Now, Robinson gets a great matchup versus a Green Bay defense that is giving up 120 rushing yards a game to running backs and has given up over 20 fantasy points to running backs the past three weeks. I think this matchup versus Green Bay is too good to bench this week. So plug in Brian Robinson as your RB2 or your flex. Damn. Well, then I'm going to piggyback off that because I have another. My last start of the week is also in this game. It's Romeo Dubs. And he is last up on my list. He's somewhat sporadic on the year thus far, but I got a good feeling about him. This might be might be partial just gut instinct, and I'm like, I like this. You get a little tickle in your stomach. I do, I do. Since week three, Dubs, he's had a 20% target share since week three, and Randall Cobbs is expected to miss two to four weeks. Like we talked about at the very beginning of this episode, this Packers wide receiver room is kind of hurting, and they've struggled really all year. The, the entire Packers offense has has struggled and that's kind of to be expected with the departure of one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. But I like Romeo Dubs here. He's playing against the middle of the pack commanders defense. And I think this is kind of a get right game for Rogers after they lost to the jets this last week. So I'm rolling with Dubs. I, uh, another one of those bench guys that I think you can, you can play this week and you should see some output from him. Yeah. I want to, I want to take an opportunity quick just to spark a little bit of green Bay related conversation about Aaron Jones. So I was just going through some stats today 
Um, despite the fact that he's been pretty disappointing, he is still on pace to have 50 catches this year and is, I think he's ranked seventh among running backs uh, for target or for routes run on dropbacks. So he's still heavily involved in this passing game. They're just not throwing him the ball. Do you expect positive regression on that front going forward? Slaps, any thoughts on that? Um, I don't know. <laughs> he's He really is a case study because right now he's running back 15 on the year. I expect him to be part of the receiving game because we all did at the very beginning of the year. We said both him and AJ Dillon are going to have to be an integral part of this offense. And I don't know because Aaron Jones thus far has really disappointed you for where you drafted him at in fantasy football. He's not been great. AJ Dillon is probably the better value solely because you drafted him a few rounds later, but neither of them have been incredibly impressive. And I, I don't know if that, I, that might continue to be status quo for them because Aaron Rodgers, he throws the ball down the field to his receivers a lot. That's what he's good at. But his receivers are also not named Devontae Adams anymore, and that's part of the problem. So I don't know. I, I don't see this. It's ugly, to be honest with you. And if I owned Aaron Jones, I think the panic button probably got hit or is about to get hit because – A.J. Dillon's there, too. They're in a timeshare. We knew that going into this entire situation. And so far, he he hasn't put put out a lot of fantasy football output for your team. I think there's a couple of things with Aaron Jones. Um, I was just looking at their past four games. Um, They've gone up against a Jets defense that is really good. Giants defense that is really good. Um, Patriots and then a Buccaneers defense that are top five against the run this year. So um, obviously the matchups have not been ideal for Aaron Jones. And uh, the second point I want to bring up is that his uh, snap shares are kind of, they're very inconsistent um, with AJ Dillon. Last week we saw Aaron Jones dominate the backfield snaps, but then this week it was a complete split versus the versus the Jets. So we don't know what we're going to see with Aaron Jones. Um, but I do think his schedule does get a little easier. Um, and I, I think, you know, once he does see uh, a easier matchup, if he has a big performance, I think he could be a sell high kind of guy if, if you're feeling uh, bearish on him. Yeah, I, I don't know if I would personally, but... Um, that's who I got for my last start of the week. Eddie, do you have one more? Yep. Uh, I'm playing your boy, uh, D-Hop. Yo. We welcome back D-Hop <laughs> this try, week. baby. Yes, he's fresh off of his latest steroid cycle, so let's plug him <laughs> in. Uh, <laughs> I just want to say the timing of uh, DeAndre Hopkins' return is perfect, as the Cardinals just lost Hollywood Brown for at least a month. Um, and the matchup is great for a struggling offense. Um, the Saints defense gives up the, the fourth most yards to wide receivers with 189 yards per game. And uh, the Saints will be w- without their top cornerback, Marshawn Lattimore, this game. So I don't think there's no there's any need to wait and see how D-Hop looks. I think you can just fire him up. Um like I said, fresh off a steroid load. Yeah, no, he's, I mean, <laughs> and, he's jacked. 
He's got a yep. lot of testosterone. He's juiced, bro. He's rested. Marshawn Lattimore. He, he's gone. ready to go. Life's, yeah. Life is good for D yes, right now. So, yep. I, I know a lot of people probably be like, yeah, duh. But I know there's going to be some listeners who are, who are like, you know, should I wait? You know, with D Hop coming back, should I wait and see how he does for a week before I plug him in? Um, but no, I don't think there should be any hesitation. He's going to be treated as the wide receiver one on that offense, as he should be. Um, and I, I think he's going to finish as a top 15 wide receiver this week. That's right, baby. All right, we're going to move on to our sits. So I will, uh, I will kick this one off as well. The first person I've chosen is somebody who I would have once considered the waiver wire darling of the year. He certainly started out that way, but it's starting to lose his shine a little bit. He's currently wide receiver 22 on the year, and as the season progresses, it is slowly getting worse. This gentleman's name is Curtis Samuel. In his last three games, his target percentage has gone down by 33%. And now... Because Carson Wentz is injured, he has the stinky Heineke as his quarterback. That is a problem. It's also worth mentioning that the Packers have the best passing defense, and they only allow 164 yards per game. That could be because, as you mentioned, Yeti, uh, the teams are just running the ball all over them, so maybe that lends to that statistic a little bit. But regardless... Not a great outlook for Curtis Samuel. He was somebody who you probably picked up off waivers and you probably threw him in your flex and you were probably okay with that. I don't know if I would do that this week. I would try and pivot and uh, maybe find somebody else. For our listeners who do have any part of that Washington offense or off, um, uh, Washington wide receiver room, I should say, um, I think the wide receiver I like with Heineke in is going to be Scary Terry. Uh, last year, Scary Terry, uh, he finished 19th uh, out of all wide receivers with a 25% target share. But I, So obviously, there's there's chemistry there. There is, and um, I, I agree with you, but I will also say, because I, and the only reason I'm even interjecting is because I owned Scary Terry last year. It was such a frustrating own, and you still couldn't count on him consistently. And I just want to say that because I had him, and I knew what, <laughs> what was going on with him. It was very frustrating. Because he would have, it was like a roller coaster. He'd have a great week, then he'd have a shit week, and then he'd have a shit week, and then, oh, he'd have a great week. So it is very sporadic still there with Heineke. But I do agree with you. I think he is a wide receiver to own in that room. Yeah, definitely. And I think there's brighter days ahead for Scary Terry. You just got to, you know, pick and choose your matchups with him. Um, but another guy who's kind of a roller coaster pick uh, on a week-to-week basis is Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, who is one of my sits of the week. Um, Juju, he had a big week last week versus Buffalo. He logged his first top 10 finish with, uh, five catches on five targets, 113 yards, one touchdown. Uh, I think his performance last week has a lot of people eager to plug him into their lineups as a flex play or, you know, a wide receiver cover, but I'm telling you to pause here. Um, Juju's target share simply has not been large enough this season to garner a spot in your starting lineup, even with bye weeks. Uh, This Kansas City team is very hard to predict from a fantasy perspective as all the skilled guys really take their turns at having good weeks aside from Travis Kelsey. Um, I, I do think Kansas City has a tough matchup this week versus San Francisco as uh, their secondary gives up the fifth fewest 
fantasy points to wide receivers. So I think you can keep Juju Smith uh, benched going forward. I, I I like that, and honestly, he if anybody like you mentioned is super eager about playing him or just try and sell him. That's what I'd do if I was a Juju owner because he did have a good week, but you you, you nailed it. The the target share concerns me very much, so I, I like that a lot. All right, my second sit of the week uh, is Christian Kirk. And he Christian Kirk is somebody who, at the very beginning of the year, he exploded. He had an electric start, but as of late, he really has not been impressing very much. If you own Kirk, I would probably look to pivot this week. Much like Samuel, his first three weeks of his target share are uh, are much worse than they were at the very beginning of the year. Um, he was seeing on average nine targets a game out of the first three weeks. And these latest three weeks, he's seeing 5.6 targets a game. So his target share has gone down a lot. And he's going against a, a top defense in the Giants. I do have concern there a little bit. And, you know, I, I don't think I would... Christian Kirk is not somebody that you drafted with the intentions of, you know, him being as well as he started out. So you probably have some other options. I would probably look at them this week. You know, I'm very thankful that I sold Christian Kirk when I did, because ever since that trade uh, a few weeks ago, he's gone downhill. Are you the reason? Uh, You're the reason. Yeah, I think I think it's all my fault. Yeah, because you. You know, all offseason, I was talking about Christian Kirk is going to be <laughs> such a good value in the eighth and ninth round. You know, he's going to be a wide receiver, too, or a flex play for you every week. And he was for the first two or three weeks. And then his target started to decline. And I, I think uh, it is my fault, obviously. <laughs> but I think there is something in the water in Jacksonville, too, because we're seeing this with James Robinson, who is yeah. what my other start of the or sit of the week rather? Um, Robinson he dominated the backfield for the first three weeks of the season, and now Travis Etienne appears to be the guy to own in that Jacksonville backfield. Uh, Etienne has outsnapped Robinson the past three games, seeing twenty-eight carries and eight targets versus Robinson's thirty carries and three targets. Uh, this backfield just simply cannot be trusted right now as we have a true committee approach and Robinson's value hurts for that. So I would bench him this week versus the Giants defense that is stout against the run. Okay, and I'm going to um, my last uh, sit is a running back as well. I'm not sure that I'm allowed to keep choosing him week over week and, and scream shame from the rooftops. But here I am again. I am sitting Clyde Edwards Alaire, and I'm sure that our listeners are like, shut the fuck up about Clyde. We know you don't like him. Uh, but he truly, he does have a horrible matchup this week. He's going against a very, very stout uh, rushing defense in the 49ers. So it's it's going to be a rough outing for him. It already has been the entire year. He's been touchdown dependent. Uh, but they're going, the Chiefs are going up against a very, very tough rush defense. So even if you, you know, you love Clyde or you hate him. I, I don't like him. Um, I would still look to pivot even if you are high on Clyde. And my last set of the week is also going to be a, a running back. It's going to be David Montgomery versus New England this week. Uh, Montgomery dominated the snaps and carries over Herbert last week in a primetime game that I think we all probably slept through. Let's be honest. Um, the the Bear, Bears head coach has came out and said that going forward, they're going to ride the hot hands between their backs. So who uh, 
who knows who that's going to be on a weekly basis. Um, and, and I get benching Montgomery is going to be difficult this week with how many teams are on a bye. Um, but the matchup just isn't there for David Montgomery this week. Uh, the Patriots are notorious for taking away a team's best player. And that just so happens to be Montgomery on a run-heavy team. Um, the Patriots also allow the second fewest running back points a week at just 14.5 points. So I would look elsewhere for a running back by week filler. You play A.J. Dillon or David Montgomery this week? Um, A.J. Dillon has the Jets, yeah. I think the game script no, is they in lost favor. The last week. They have oh. uh, Washington Commanders. Washington, okay. Um, I think you go. I, I think you still go David Montgomery over Dylan. Okay. Um, Kareem Hunt or or uh, Montgomery. I like Hunt there. Okay. Last one. Let's do Jeff Wilson or Montgomery. I kind of talked about San Fran earlier. Uh, I just think the game script is going to be in favor of Jimmy G throwing the ball a bunch. Now, obviously, Jeff Wilson could break one early. Um, oh, man. And he's dominating all the carries there in that backfield. I guess I would go Jeff Wilson based off of volume. Okay. Uh, all right, we're going to go ahead and move on to our Dirty Nasty D-Gen Picks of the Week. D-Gen Picks of the Week. All righty, baby. I, we're actually going to start with a sleeper parlay, as we always do. So it's a player prop. You can do this on sleeper. You can do this on prize picks, underdog. There's a lot of different places, so... Wherever you're doing your player props at, ride with the Brainy Axe. I am taking playoff Lenny over 30 and a half yards receiving. They are playing a Carolina defense that is sad and atrocious, not just as a defense, not just as an offense, but as a team. They're poop. So I like playoff Lenny here at over 30 and a half yards receiving. He has done it in ever or since week three. He's done it every single game. Tom Brady is checking it down to him a lot. Lock me in at 30 and a half. Mm. I like it. And I like mine even more. I am betting on Jamar to get at least one touchdown against Atlanta. Jamar is the second or has the second highest uh, red zone target rate only behind Travis Kelsey. And he's playing a uh, an Atlanta defense that allows the sixth most points to wide receivers. So I think there's a good chance Jamar and T. Higgins both have big games. I bet Jamar gets in the end zone this week. And my pick of the week is Christian McCaffrey over 39 and a half receiving yards. Uh, Christian McCaffrey has seen 18 targets in the two games that PJ Walker has started for the Panthers. Um, and to note, Christian McCaffrey has gone for 89, 50, and 81 receiving yards in the past three games. I like that trend to continue against the Buccaneers this week. So give me Christian McCaffrey over 39 and a half receiving. Ride with the Brainiacs on our player pick parlay. Now Yeti and I both have our, I, I don't, I mean, these are parlays as well, so I don't know how, what you call them. I was going to call it the big dog parlay. It's where we bet on games parlay. And that doesn't sound very like, 
glamorous, but that's what it is. So we screwed up collectively. We bet that the Packers would beat the Jets. Shame on us. We should have known better. <laughs> yeah, so, don't, don't you have to like eat soap or something now? Shit, yeah, I think that? that was the bet. Yep. That I'd eat soap if it lost. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's yeah. what we said. I personally I wanted to make you have that. to bet on the Panthers for the rest of the season, but that's not fair because that's just losing money. That's all that's going to happen. And then one time, if they actually win, I'll win all my money back because the odds are so crazy. Um, yeah, so we both we failed. We picked the easiest Sorry, parlays to win you very minuscule money because the risk was very minimal. And we still fucked it up. So I'm done. I'm just going to go with what I want now. I'm done trying to be nice. I'm done trying to to concoct some money-driven scheme. I'm just going to roll with Slap Dogs Parlay. We're taking the Cardinals money line versus the Jets at minus, or Saints, excuse me, minus 134. I'm rolling with my team. I'm rolling with D-Hop. I'm rolling with Kyler. I'm Unfortunately, I miss Hollywood already, but... We're going to be okay. I think we're going to win this game like we talked about earlier. And then I'm going to take the Giants money line versus the Jaguars. I don't know what is going on with the Giants team, but they are winning games. And I, I think that they are uh, they're going to beat the Jags here. The Giants are actually uh, not favored. The Jaguars are currently favored. So it's plus 132. This is it. This is Slap Dogs Parlay. It's two things to happen. It's plus 306, $10 will win you $30.60. Let's ride, baby. How about if this doesn't hit, you have to run shirtless down the Vegas Strip this weekend? <sighs> this, is, <laughs> this is scary. Okay, but if it does hit, then what happens? I'll give you a hug. That's not worth it. <laughs> I can give you a hug for free. I'll put 20 on black for you. Do I get 20 if it hits? Yes. All right, deal. Let's All ride. Right, deal. All right. <laughs> My parlay of the week, um, it's going to be very simple. Um, back to the basics here. Yeah, after, that's, uh, that, <laughs> trying to get problem. too cute. We just got too far away from, from home base. That was our problem. Yeah. Yeah, we were lost puppies far away from our <laughs> home. And it, yeah, we just strayed too far. Yeah. So it's time to get back yeah, home. We're back. Um, I'm going to start off my two two leg parlay with the titans two and a half point favorites against the colts um tennessee is coming off of a bye week and mike vrabel is a master after a bye week he is four and oh straight up and four and oh against the spread after a bye week covering by a whopping 19 points per game and uh tennessee they just played the Colts a couple weeks ago, and they won 24-17. to 17. So I like the Titans to cover two and a half points at home this week versus the Colts. And then my second leg, my last leg, is going to be Seattle plus six versus the Chargers. I like this line a lot because the Chargers are coming off of a short week. Um, they played on Monday night against the Broncos. And my God, that game was terrible. Um, the Chargers are, are missing some pieces on their offensive line and their defensive line. And they just, they look bad on offense. Seattle, on the other hand, wow. Who would have seen that coming? Um, I mean, they, they had a bad week against Arizona as well, but their offense 
has been great thus far. Um, they actually have the best road offense out of the whole league this season. So I think Seattle can keep it close, and I think they could end up winning uh, against the Chargers this weekend. So I like getting six points here. Uh, you parlay those two picks for 10 bucks, you win $26.70. So plug that in. It's going to hit. It's There's no way it doesn't. We are going to fucking no hit way. this week. I'm so pumped. I can't wait. We're going to make $50 between ourselves. I'm going to get an extra $20 after uh, your bet hits. See, I'm really, Life- t- I'm really torn. I'm torn. Because why, Scotty? I, You're I, bringing us down. I want... Just ride. <laughs> I want... I want the Leatherbrain squad to make some money. I do. But I really want to see the video posted on the Leatherbrain's account of you <laughs> running down the strip shirtless and possibly getting arrested. I think that would all be very funny. Okay. You're not, I'm not, wouldn't get arrested for that. There's freaking crazy people doing that all the time. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine right. with that. That's okay. What, but here's the thing I'd rather win the money. So ride with us, not against us. Let's get some money and let's move on to our uh, our questions of the week. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. Mail. Oh, shit. What up, Eddie? You're riding. Thank you. Yeah, last episode you said we all have to do it, and Scotty let us down. So yeah, th- I think this is my last week here. I think I'm throwing him a towel. <laughs> all right, first question comes from an omelet named Zozo. Would you trade CEH for DK in a full PPR redraft league? Slapdog. First off, love the name. Great name. I that is. I'd put that on our top ten uh, names that that we've seen on the show. Um, and I would do that trade. Yes, I would trade away Clyde Edwards for DK. So I, I think DK is actually doing decently well. And I have concerns. I mean, it's not like he's he's a smash play, but he certainly has usability in, in most of the weeks uh, that he has played. So Clyde, I have a lot of concern with. If you've listened to this show uh, repeatedly, you know I do not like Clyde Edwards Alaire. Not a fan of him. And I have a lot of concerns because he is a touchdown dependent running back and he is in what somewhat of a timeshare. And truth be told, I don't understand how Isaiah Pacheco has not won that rollover yet. And then you have JD McKissick who kind of does some of the pass down work. So there's a timeshare there. There's a lot of, of concern for me as far as the touches that he's getting. I would much prefer to have DK who is the lowest targets he has had this year is six. I love the target share that DK is getting and I would do that trade in heartbeat. Yeah, you take whatever you can get for Clyde at this point. And I think DK is a, he could be your we, uh, wide receiver too every week if you really wanted to. So I'd feel comfortable doing that trade in a heartbeat. All right, next question comes from Premature Corn. They're in a redraft, one quarterback league. Which side of the trade wins, Devontae Adams or Swift Yeti? Give me Devontae Adams here. I think the there's too many question marks with Swift at this point as far as health goes. Um, he's already gotten hurt this season. Um, he has an extensive injury history, and who knows if he can make it another three, four weeks, right? Um, Devontae Adams has proven uh, that he is still a top five, top ten wide receiver, fantasy, fantasy wide receiver in this league. Um 
and he's seeing all the targets for that Las Vegas offense. So I'd feel more comfortable owning Adams uh, than Swift at this point. Anything to add, slapped on? Nope, Yeti covered it. I agree completely. I think that would be where I would go as well. There's just a lot of, you know, question marks, like you said. So I, I, I Devontae Adams is solidified himself as uh, still that elite guy with Dak, or not Dak, excuse me, um, Derek Carr. Jeez. <laughs> with Carr. With some respect on his yeah. name. Yeah. Although I don't know if you should respect Derek Carr because while, uh, while I was exploring some statistics this week, uh, I found out, I discovered that uh, uh, Devontae Adams has the uh, lowest percent of catchable balls of any of the top 20 wide receivers right now. Uh, I think it's like, it was a 55%, something like that. So just over half of the balls thrown his way are considered catchable. But that just goes to show how great of a, a wide receiver he is because he's making some crazy catches. Mm-hmm. So, And I think yeah, he's no, caught like think... 52% of his targets. So 55% of them are or 55% of or, are catchable, and he's only got like one drop on the season. So, Yeah, give me, give me Adams. Give me Adams over Swift. All right, this question comes from Maniac Muffin, and it is for Slapdog. Which side of this trade wins, Damian Pierce or Michael Thomas and David Montgomery? What really sucks is you could have traded Damian Pierce for David Montgomery straight up, not but three or four weeks ago, um, and probably gotten away with it. But now you have to give up a little bit more. I'm taking Pierce on this one. And the reason being is because he is seeing an astronomical amount of touches. Touches equal opportunity. Opportunity equals fantasy football points. Sign me the hell up. Give me Damian Pierce. And I think Lovey Smith even came out and said he wants like 20 touches a game for Damian Pierce or something like that. Something crazy. So I, uh, I I like Pierce here, man. And David Montgomery, I have concerns. You know, we talked about him earlier in the hot hand with him and Khalil Herbert. And I do think Khalil Herbert is the better running back. Michael Thomas is dealing with injury. I do like Michael Thomas, but I want a healthy Michael Thomas. Give me Pierce. Yeah, and Pierce is getting RB1 usage thus far um, with the 20% opportunity share, which is top 10 out of all running backs so far this season. So I would much rather have that RB1 usage versus a you know wide receiver two and then a running back two, low-end running back two on a given week. So I yeah, I go with the Pierce side here. Next question comes from Andromaniac. He asks, which side of this trade are you taking, Mike Evans and Darren Waller or Devontae Adams? Yeti, another one. So this pains me to say, but I think Darren Waller might have cashed out. My boy got paid and he can't stay healthy. Um, and I think I think we might be seeing uh, the end of Waller a little bit. Now, that might come back to bite me in the ass. You know, maybe he stays healthy the rest of the season, but I haven't seen it with him thus far. Um, through six weeks or through the weeks he's been healthy. So I have a lot of concern there with Darren Waller. Um, I would much rather own a guy who has a 32% target share in that offense, though, and Devontae Adams. So give me Adams over Mike Evans and Waller. Our next question comes from What the Belb? Who wins this trade? Clyde Edwards Lair and Cooper Cup or Tyreek Hill and Ken Walker slaps? This one initially when I when I first saw this I was I was like man this is really close but the more I think about it the more I think that it's not as close as I originally anticipated. I'm going to take Tyreek Hill and Kenneth Walker on this one um solely because I don't like Clyde Edwards-Helaire. 
and I just went on a small tangent about him earlier, but um, the thing is, is Cooper Cup is probably the best wide receiver to own in fantasy football. Justin Jefferson, I could see an argument for, but Cooper Cup, is, he's probably the guy to own, right? And so when I look at this, I, I see Tyreek Hill and I'm like, man, Cooper Cup is still the guy to own, but Tyreek Hill is usable right? He is still a wide receiver one. He's getting wide receiver one numbers and he's still doing great for fantasy football. So you could put them side by side. Cooper cup wins, but it's, it's still usable fantasy and I'm okay with that. So then I look at Kenneth Walker versus Clyde Edwards, Alaire, and it's very clearly Kenneth Walker for me. He has earned this role. He is a better running back. That team is utilizing Kenneth Walker as their main featured back and Clyde Edwards, Alaire is not that person. So I'm, I'm going to go Tyreek Hill and Kenneth Walker on this one. Yep, I, I 100% agree with you, Slaps, and I, I just wanted to note that Cooper Cup and Tyreek Hill are wide receiver two and wide receiver three on the season, um, with Hill only trailing um, by 15 points in PPR formats. Um, but I wanted to note also that Tyreek Hill has a 31.5% target share on that offense versus Cooper Cup's 325 So, I mean, they're right there with each other. And I think it's a pretty even as far as fantasy protect- production goes. Um, and I would much rather have Kenneth Walker over Clyde Edwards-Hilaire at this point. So I, uh, I agree with that side slaps. All right. Next question comes from Just a Seabass. They're in a dynasty Superflex league. This question pains me a little bit, Yeti, so be nice. Would you trade away Kyle Pitts for George Kittle? Mm, no, I, I don't think so. I know there's a lot of owners that are very concerned about Kyle Pitts this season, but let's remember in a dynasty format, we're playing the long game, right? Mariota is not, he's clearly not the quarterback of the future there and we don't know if it's going to be Desmond Ritter either the the rookie quarterback that they picked uh, beyond this year but I do think there are brighter days ahead for Kyle Pitts Um, he he's an elite tight end he's just not on a good offense right now this offense doesn't pass the ball Um, they're second and they throw the ball the second fewest times in the league so the volume just isn't there for Pitts right now. Um, so I see the reason to be concerned. But as far as long term goes, I would much rather have Kyle Pitts over Kittle. Yeah, I would agree. I um, I mean, Kittle's 29 years old. He, we've already seen him kind of get the injury bug a little bit, and that's problematic. Kyle Pitts, while you mentioned, is not on a good offense. He's young, and he's a freak of a human being. He is 6'6", 250 pounds. It's a giant human being. And they just got to figure out their offense. They need a better quarterback. Now, let's flip the script for just a little bit here. If this was a redraft format, would you trade away Kyle Pitts for George Kittle? Scotty. Hmm. This is this is just mean. This is tough. It's mean, this is, is what it is. I know, but you have Kyle Pitts, so you can put yourself in the shoes. I do. Uh, the way that I see it is, Kyle Pitts has got the upside. I, I do think that you know it, we look at this passing offense, which is basically non-existent. But when they do throw the ball, he's basically got two targets, and Kyle Pitts is one of those two targets. We saw last week. Uh, it sucks because Kyle Pitts had a, a usable game last week, got in the end zone, but he still only caught the ball three times. And that is terrifying. But the thing that brings me a little bit of comfort is that 
the tight end situation across the league right now is so terrible. Uh, you know, if you don't have people named Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews, it's just very, very difficult to find usable tight ends in and out every single week. And so I don't want to necessarily overreact on a guy with a relatively high ceiling once he starts getting a little bit of targets. And especially if there's a quarterback change uh, in the mix, which I think there might be by the end of the season. I think we might see Mariota bench for the uh, for the young guy so they can see what he can do. Um, I think I would hang on to Kyle Pitts, maybe maybe just blind optimism talking. Um, I obviously Kittle is the better option right now, but I think Kyle Pitts is the higher ceiling going forward for the rest of the season. Um, and I, I don't know, I, I, I'm not going to hang my hat on that, but that's what my gut tells me. Okay. Yeti, do you agree with that? Yes. Yep. I, I really have nothing to add. Um, Kittle and Pitts are right next to each other as far as, uh, production goes. And I think Pitts owns the upside advantage over Kittle. I think I'd rather have Kittle personally. And and we've seen his target share going up over the last couple of weeks. Um, not to say that that sticks, but that is a nice thing to see is his target share increase. Not only that, but I think Jimmy G is a better quarterback than Marcus Mariota. And that plays a part for me in it is can the quarterback effectively get him the ball? Falcons are more of a run team and they've, they've shown it. Marcus Mariota doesn't throw the ball much. So, um, that's just my opinion, uh, but it's it's interesting to see everybody's thoughts on that. So, cool. Mm. Mm. All right, one last question here. Uh, I had to bring this up. Um, the question is this. Do you ride with Chubb, or do you try and sell him right now? Let me give you a little bit of background here. So, Chubb is currently the RB2 on the year. He's averaging over 100 yards per game, and he's got to... Hold on. Before, before you continue this, for anybody that does own Nick Chubb, I just want you to listen to this, because this potentially what Scotty is saying could be used to help you make a trade. So just understand that. Mm -hmm. And you could have made that trade already if you follow us on Twitter. So go follow us at Leatherbrains. We talked about this earlier today. Um, So Chubb is averaging over 100 yards per game. He's got 117.5 points in in half PPR leagues, sitting as the RB2 right now. The problem that I've noticed here uh, is the schedule. Through November... This team is going to play the Ravens, the Bengals, the Bills, and the Bucks, and they're going to have a bye week mixed in there. So all four of those teams are firmly in the top 15 against running backs. So that's not good. But not only that, the Browns are going to be the underdogs in all of those games, meaning the game script is going to be against Nick Chubb. So all of that by itself is not reason enough to sell him, in my opinion. But the fact that he's the RB2 on the year right now means I think you can get a shitload of value for this guy. So even though you've seen him perform very, very well, um, outside of Saquon Barkley, I think every other running back is on the table for a trade here, and I think I would pull the trigger on it if I was a Chubb owner. You guys have anything to add? I think it really just... one. Go ahead, Yeti. I'm sorry. One thing I want to add to that is uh, Deshaun Watson is coming back during that stretch, too. So they, yes, they're still a run-first offense, but they won't be able to stack the box like they are now with um, Brissett at the helm. You know, they're going to have to worry about Watson rushing the ball. They're going to have to worry about his arm, too, because he is a much better passer than Brissett. Um, Do you think Watson's arm cuts into Chubb's usability for um, dependency on that team? Yes and no. Um a, we could see more passing touchdowns, yes, but B, we could also see them getting down the field more. They could get into the red zone more, which is where Chubb feasts. You know, he gets all the goal line carries there, gets all the red zone work there. 
Um, so it could be, you know, back and forth, you know, it, it just kind of depends. Um, for me, if I was a chub owner and I was looking to sell, I would want a nice package in return. I would be looking for another running back, um, and then possibly a wide receiver, depending on how my team looked. But I, if I were a chub owner, I'm not really panicking at this point. I'm just going to hold and kind of write it out. Um, because Chubb has proven that he is, um, uh, you know, an RB1 as the season goes on as well, as long as he can stay healthy, right? Yeah, I, I think for me, it would really largely depend on what I'd be getting from him and that's or for him rather. And that's something that I I don't know. Like, I mean, you, you think about it. Obviously, who would you rather have rest of the year, Nick Chubb or Damian Pierce? Um, Chubb. Okay. Scotty? Yeah, I'd probably go Chubb. Okay. Uh, what if we made a package and we did uh, Damian Pierce as well as Romeo Dubs? No. No? That doesn't do it. Um, I, think, I think we're asking the wrong questions here because I think given how well Chubb has done thus far, I think you're looking at other top 10 running backs. Um, you know, obviously Pierce fits the bill there, but we're talking about Eckler. We're talking about McCaffrey. We're talking about Henry. Uh, and would you do him as what would you do him as straight trades then? Like, would you, if you were a Nick Chubb owner and I had Joe Mixon and I came to you and I said, do you want to do this trade? You would do it one up. Not Joe Mixon. No, but I, I would with, I would with Eckler. Uh, and, and realistically, I think you can get uh, Jonathan Taylor is the interesting one that pops out to me because given his performance so far and given how, uh, you know, the, the teams that drafted him at number one overall, um, they're they're frustrated right now, and I think you not only could get Jonathan Taylor, I think you could realistically get another piece with Jonathan Taylor for Nick Chubb, given the difference in performance thus far. Now, I'm not on that side. You know, I'm not going to trade away Jonathan Taylor for Nick Chubb, but I think there are a lot of people who will. Um, so I, the, the reason I bring this up is because I really do think you can capitalize on uh, really, really solid returns on this trade. So I'm not panicking on him either, but I think it's worth shopping around at this point in time. If you were shopping Chubb, I know you're not a Chubb owner, but would you be comfortable taking Derrick Henry rest of the season over Nick Chubb? Um, I haven't looked at their the rest of the season schedule, but I would consider it. Yeah, given given the schedule for the Browns, I, I think I'd rather have Chubb. I, I think you're going to get uh, what you're going to see with Chubb is still obviously great usage, but you're going to see a sharp decline in efficiency uh, over the next six weeks or so. Um, so you're going to you're going to see Chubb not carry you like he has over the next month. Um, and that's the reason why I think, you know, don't give him away, obviously, and maybe not even make a straight up trade. But I think you're able to get more value for him right now. Um, you know, you're, you're able to get a package or you're able to get a top tier running back plus, you know, a wide receiver two or a good flex play. And I think that's a realistic option for you at this point. So I just pulled up Henry's schedule here. And here is his week 12 through week 17. So we have the Bengals at the Eagles. We have Jacksonville. We have at the Chargers. Houston and then finishing up with Dallas. So much favorable schedule rest of the season or over the playoff schedule, um, in my opinion, for Henry. Would you take Henry over him? I th I think so. You know, I shit on Derrick Henry in the offseason. I thought that offense would struggle a lot, and I, I had concerns about their offensive line. I had concerns about Henry staying healthy. 
but he has come out so far and he struggled for the first two weeks. But since then, he's been a beast. Um, I think he's right outside of uh, Nick Chubb as far as uh, fantasy rankings go on the on the year. Um, and, and Henry is a guy who has proven that he is a top running back no matter what the matchup is. Um, there, he is going to get the rock a shit ton and he's going to be efficient with it. You know, he's going to get you three, four yards of carry at least and a couple touchdowns or a touchdown at least. Um, and with that schedule, I think I would much rather have Henry over Chubb. What if we did a package where it was Damian Pierce and Amon Ra? Would you do that for Nick Chubb? I think, I think so. I would as well. If, if, okay. if my wide receivers are struggling, yeah. And not even if I was struggling at wide receiver. I think Amon Ra is a solid uh, low-end wide receiver one every week. Okay, let's go a little bit lower down on the board then. Um, let's do Kenneth Walker and Gabe Davis. Not with Gabe Davis. I would... I would like Ken Walker, but I would want another piece there. Okay. Um, Even like Chris Godwin like a, would be like a, a Christian decent. Kirk. Would you do that, Kenneth and Kirk, the Kenny and Kirk show? Uh, if you if you're a Kirk believer, like I used to be, <laughs> I, I jumped off that bandwagon. <laughs> all right. Well, I think uh, that's all the the Chub talk we got. For the rest of I, I like the that, episode. The talk. Yeah. Um, so we appreciate you guys tuning in. If this is your first episode with us, we greatly appreciate it. You are now officially a brainiac. Welcome aboard. As Scotty mentioned earlier in the episode, go give us a follow at leather brains on Twitter. We are actually doing a free Jersey giveaway. It is a signed cam makers Jersey. Yes, I know he may not be with the team. We didn't know that when we bought the damn Jersey, but Go give us a follow over there on Twitter and a retweet. It's a free jersey, um, and all you got to do is be following us, retweet us. So that is, uh, I think that's all the time that we got. Gentlemen, did I miss anything? Nope. Okay, perfect. Well, then let's get out of here. We are out. Thank you for listening to this episode of Leather Brains. If you enjoyed the show, please consider subscribing and leaving a five-star rating on your favorite podcast app and YouTube, as well as following us at Leather Brains on Twitter and Instagram. If you're looking for specific fantasy advice, including draft advice, trade insight, starts and sits, or even if you want our thoughts on your sports bets, please feel free to send us a DM on Twitter for an answer and a chance to have your question featured on a future episode. Again, thank you for tuning in, and we'll be back before you know it.